Being smug is a good thing. Oh my Christ! Cop! Cop! Yes, it! Dude, I'm totally tripping balls. I'm totally tripping balls. I'm totally tripping Hello and welcome to a special short preview edition of Planet Waves FM. My name is Eric Francis Coppolino, the host of Planet Waves FM and the author of the Planet Waves Horoscope and this and that. Here with a focused little presentation for Friday, March 17th, 2023. I am planning on having a full program tonight. That will be the season finale I'm going to do my best to take next week off. We will see if that is possible. Uh, the focus of my thoughts today is a one minute and seven second rant that Del Bigtree did on his program, The High Wire, on March 9th. And uh, among me and my friends and colleagues, this uh, got our attention and uh, also got a good laugh. And uh, I have nominated myself to respond directly to Dell. Now, uh, I'm going to play the uh, one minute and seven second uh, rant in a second. Uh, the, uh, the question is, what is he actually talking about? And why won't he say exactly what he's talking about? Why be so cryptic. Let's go to the tape. Um, I'm going to scare the hell out of my staff right now and just jump into a thought that just occurred to me because I know while we're talking about gain of function, we're talking about lab leaks, there's this little group of people out there that keep talking about terrain theory and germ theory and this conversation that many of you may not even understand. But I just want to say this. We are going to get into those conversations further down the road with some of the people out there. But if what you want is to remove the idea that any of this ever existed, that any of this ever happened, then what you're saying is you want Tony Fauci to walk off scot-free. You want all these liars that lied to us and locked us down to get away with this by saying, oh, the germ never existed. It was never there when clearly the science is turning on them. Their own science is turning on them. And right at the moment where we are going to move into indictments and take these people out, what some of you out there want to do is let's just change the conversation altogether and let these criminals that destroyed our lives walk off in the sunset. I don't understand it. I don't understand why that would be your conversation right now. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, just wait. We're going to have this conversation further down the road. All right. When you're old enough to understand, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, when you're 13 years old, we'll tell you what is he talking about. So, he, he begins, first of all, by saying that he's going to frighten his staff. He's going to scare the hell out of his staff. Now, why would any topic that the host chose to speak about uh, have, have the effect of terror, terrorizing the staff of the High Wire with Del Bigdry, since it is his program? He... First of all, he, he packs in several hundred words into one minute. So it's there is a lot to parse out in there. But essentially, there is a premise where he's saying, if you would have us believe that none of this ever happened, 
then you want Tony Fauci and all the other liars to get away scot-free with the crimes that they have committed. And by none of this ever happening, he means that, he says, quote, that the germ, you mean that the germ never existed. Now, I would ask, first of all, just straight up as a, you know, philosophical precept here, a question, if the, if the germ never existed, as he is suggesting that some small group of people believe, why would that make the acts of Fauci and the other parts of the government, the CDC and uh, various governors and so forth, why, why would that make that any more legal? What he seems to be saying is that for those people who are of the persuasion that the SARS-CoV-2 germ never existed, why would that make it okay that all of this uh, was was done to us? Now, he also talks about the small group of people who have taken or arrived at this position. I, I know almost all of them, by the way. Now, let's come back to that. I'm going to end with that. He then says... You, you would let these people off scot-free when we're just about to indict them. I, I know of no movement toward criminal indictments pending toward any of the government officials who were involved in any facet of the claim of SARS-CoV-2, the lockdowns of society, the clo- closing and cl- closing of businesses, many of which have uh, have, have not come back and I, I I agree that many people's lives were severely messed up the, the the ones whose lives were destroyed however were the ones who were put on medications that killed them medications that permanently debilitated them this included overdosing of hydroxychloroquine and the use of of, of remdesivir and other toxins like ivermectin, but that was never official policy. The remdesivir and the hydroxy were at different times. Um, and then he is saying that their own, that the science is going against the, the idea that SARS-CoV-2 was never actually isolated. And he says their own science is going against them. And we know that we are right because we are talking about gain of function and leak from a lab. What has happened in the, let's call it the mainstream health freedom movement, is that basically all of the large presenters have grafted on to the government conspiracy theory that SARS-CoV-2 was the product of gain of function, that is to say, making viruses more deadly, and then that it leaked from a lab. Now, the, the, the first question here is, show me the virus. Show me a sample of this virus that you say was juiced up in gain-of-function research and that then leaked from a lab. Now, we know that gain-of-function research was in the budget, but that doesn't mean they actually were doing it or that they actually could do it. Now, remember, 
the claim of gain of function means that the virus is being made more contagious and more deadly. And the question then is, why did this thing only seem to kill people who were in their late 70s or older with four or more other serious illnesses? I know there have been exceptions that were ascribed to SARS-CoV-2, but there were also a lot of things like freshwater drownings and motorcycle accidents and heart attacks and, and cancer deaths that were called SARS-CoV-2. But when the ones that you actually, when you actually look at the data you find out that the CDC is saying that almost everyone who died was in their late 70s or older and had four or more serious illnesses. What kind of a juiced-up virus, what kind of gain of function would create an additional illness only in people who were already extremely ill and also elderly? Second, produce a copy of the virus, produce a sample taken from a human. If this indeed was a thing that was an infectious agent, it should be fairly easy to isolate and purify the infectious agent. And there is not one paper in existence showing the isolation and purification of this thing, whatever it was called SARS-CoV-2, in existence. There have been two 113 agencies responding from 40 countries, none of whom can produce a paper or any documentary evidence that they have possession of or knowledge of a sample taken from a human. This would apply to a natural virus. It would apply to a gain-of-function virus. Why would there be a difference? Additionally, I have a problem with the lab leak story because none of the reporting on this presumed or theorized lab leak can tell me how it got out and which lab it got out of. The assumption that we are making is that it got out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, conveniently located just a few minutes across town from the, uh, the Huanan wet market where we were told that the virus originated at some point prior to January 2020. No one can really say when, but the problem that emerged immediately with the Huanan wet market theory is that they could not contact trace all of their claimed early cases to that, which eliminates it as a point source. And second, they then did testing, quote-unquote testing, of every stall in the market and by some miracle could not come up with a positive test result for SARS-CoV-2 from any of the samples taken from the wet market. Just before the first article, one day before, around January 23rd, uh, 2020, before the, uh, the wet market theory was ab about to be sunk, by The Lancet, a medical journal in England, uh, based on the contact tracing problem. They had they claimed to have 13 cases, none of whom had any connection to the market. Right before that article came out in The Lancet, the day before, in one of the tabloids in, in London, and this is in the chronology, they were talking about lab release. And so the, the lab release theory 
appears right before, the day before the wet market theory completely falls apart based on actual peer-reviewed medical investigation, i.e. the most important thing you can do in the case of a presumed outbreak, which is contact tracing. And none of the contact tracing led, well, 13 of the original 40 or so cases. So when you've got a third or so of your cases that cannot be traced to the point source, you know that it's not the point source. And just in time for that, the lab release theory was created. And the lab release theory then spends all of 2020 rising to the surface, being shot down, rising back to the surface. People post it to social media. They get suspended or get their accounts pulled because they're talking about a conspiracy theory. Then it comes, then it's, then it's shot down. Then it comes up. This has happened at least five, seven, ten times over and over again. It was kind of a a joke during the the original year of COVID because uh, no one could decide whether it was legal or not to talk about it. And so one, one minute you're getting suspended from Facebook for mentioning it, and then the, the next minute some other scientist is saying that that is what happened. Now, what has happened in 2023 is that something called Overton's Window which is the window of politically acceptable speech, has opened up only to lab release and gain of function. And all of the big players are repeating the same story. They include principally Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who I've been covering on this issue back to last April, and Del Bigtree at the High Wire, who's all about gain of function, Joe Mercola from Dr. Dr. Mercola, that thing, he, too, is saying that lab release is the only possibility. And then let's see who else there is. I've got these folks listed. Peter Bregan, he's all about all about lab release. He's devoted his entire COVID career to lab release. Merrill Nass, Robert Malone, Steel, Steve Kirsch. All these people are saying the same thing. And this was the same theory that it was forbidden, but now uh, it was forbidden and you're crazy. But now if you don't believe it, you're crazy. So how can the same theory be once for- forbidden on pain of uh, insanity and now mandatory on pain of insanity? And all the while, the one thing that all of these have in common is that no one can actually produce the virus. They can't produce evidence of the virus. And look, if it came out of one of those labs, all of those labs have exact recordings of the genetic structure of everything they claim to be working with. Well, why don't they search? Why don't they match it up? Why don't they tell us what its accession number was? Instead, we get these vague, generalized claims. China was doing gain-of-function research. Well, actually, if you read the chronology, you'll see that this claim of -of gain-of-function research is a lot more complicated than just China doing it. But if they can't actually isolate and purify SARS-CoV-2, how can they be doing gain-of-function research with it? I ask you this. And I would, clo- I would close on this note, and I'll have a bit more on tonight's program. Someone may not be convinced that SARS-CoV-2 was never isolated or purified. However, the fact that seven different teams working independently 
have all come to the same conclusion. It's not a small number of people. It is a large number of teams working independently. You might not accept that on its face as a fact that SARS-CoV-2 was never isolated or, or purified or shown to cause a disease and that there's not a valid test for it, but we would need to concede that there is a question. There is probable cause to ask the question. And and where I have my first objection to what, uh, let's see, this, this long list of, of, of people, which include Bigtree, again, Kennedy, Mercola, Bregan, Nass, Malone, Kirsch, and many others, are not doing is they're not allowing the question to come to the surface. I was scheduled to be on Children's Health Defense TV two weeks ago with Alex Zek and Mike Stone, two of the most knowledgeable people on this issue. And the day of the conversation, which was going to be with James uh, Lyon Weiler, they backed out of this uh, of, of this program, which we had been negotiating for a couple of months. In terms of who exactly has done the work on the what I call the missing virus problem, I have listed the different organizations below. I'll just shout them out here on the air just to make sure that I have said their names and acknowledge their work. Christine Massey and her network around the world have done the work on the freedom of information law requests from 40 countries. Mike Stone is the author of Virology. Dot com, and he has worked closely with Alec Zek of The Way Forward. They have done their own independent, original body of research. Doctors Mark and Sam Bailey have dismantled the virus issue from every conceivable angle, going back to every paper, back to the original paper saying that there are viruses and analyzing the findings of that paper. John Rappaport has been on this issue since the 1990s. He's an independent investigative reporter who's worked for many mainstream media outlets, now does his own thing at No More Fake News. Dr. Tom Cowan, most of you have heard of, has worked with Dr. Andy Kaufman. They've done their own independent work and then put their heads together. And they've worked with Dr. Stefan Lanka of Germany, who's done some fantastic work on the measles virus and uh, other viruses, showing that um, many of the experiments used by virology get the same result whether or not there's a virus, what they claim is a virus present in the culture. Mike Wallach has produced a documentary called The Viral Delusion, which is absolutely worth watching. The first two hours is free if you give your email address. And the, uh, the, the last five hours, is, I think, is an extra $10. It's quite phenomenal, binge-worthy. And my team at Planet Waves FM and at Chiron Return set out to do a chronology of the PCR test associated with SARS-CoV-2. And at the end of uh, a, a year of doing that work, we concluded that the primers were not ever made from any natural virus. The primers were all made up in computers. So if this thing leaked from a lab, it didn't leak from a virology lab, it leaked from a computer lab in the form of the PCR. Regarding the claim that they're going to have Fauci in handcuffs, criminal indictments coming, this is a very QAnon 
Dell. I don't really know where you're coming from on this. I know of no such thing, but I would say that if I were on that grand jury, it wouldn't matter to me whether the virus came from a lab or whether the virus was created as an illusion of the PCR test. I'll have more on tonight's edition of Planet Waves FM. All this stuff is listed below. You have links to everything. Pretty much find it all on your own. Dell, you're tripping balls. Wake up. Come back to Earth. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.